In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope everyone is excited, is as excited as I am. We got a great show for you today. We got the uh, one and only Jared Dillinger, which might be the greatest last name of all times, Dillinger. You know what I mean? But uh, you know what, Jared, for those people who may not know who you are, would you be so kind as to maybe give a brief introduction of who you are? Sure, sure, George. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, man. I'm really happy to be here. So everyone yes my name is jared dillinger and for the sake of of this certain podcast i i went to school in hawaii went there for about three years so i have a a a deep love out for the hawaiian islands in fact when i'm done with my professional basketball career out here in the philippines i'll be moving back to hawaii so I mean that's partially a reason why I chose to talk to you just because I saw that you are residing in Hawaii. So I was like, dude, I gotta I gotta talk to this guy at least at some capacity. Um, yeah. So I did talk about a professional career. I'm a professional basketball player. I've been playing for 15 years out here in Asia. Um, I'm also obsessed and and very much into the finance industry, whether that's cryptocurrency, trading, building products, building building communities, if you will, in the finance industry and having a lot of fun doing it. And also talking. I love talking. So that's that's partially why I'm here too. So you give me a mic, uh, I'll probably say some words on it for sure. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. And I, I, I want to say what's up to everybody in Hawaii. It's, it's such a beautiful place. And uh you may agree with me or you may not, but it seems like Hawaii changes you. When you come out here, you really begin to understand not only where you came from, but who you are. And it's just, it's such a beautiful place. One of the things I've noticed is there's no billboards or there's no real commercialization. And, and, and it's interesting. Everybody has a different story about how they got to Hawaii. But maybe we can start with your story, man. Like, what brought you to Hawaii? Sure. How did you find yourself out here, man? Right. Well, um, 
high school, I, I, I was keen into following the footsteps of my family. My family was all in the military, where, whether that's Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, fought in wars in the past, working as a civilian or as an officer or as enlisted. My whole family did that. So I followed a little bit down that road and was smart enough to get into the Air Force Academy. Mm -hmm. And I spent my time and energy there for a couple of years. And I decided to pivot and change the trajectory of where I wanted to go in life. And it was mainly through sports. Now coming into the military, I, I thought like most young, confident men that I was going to make it to the NBA. Sure. It doesn't matter what school I go to. And by the time I reached my sophomore year at the air force Academy, they were telling me that I can't go play professional ball outside of the NBA and that I must first serve four to six years in the military after I graduate. So that was a big issue with me. And I told my family about it, about my situation. They weren't too keen on me leaving because it's such a good institution, but they still believe that you make the right decision. You own up to your actions and everything will be okay. Uh, my father was like that with me. So he supported me wherever I wanted to go. So as a kid, I could have gone anywhere out of the Air Force. I could have gone to Ivy Leagues. I could have gone to uh, some really high-end public institutions. Instead, I choose Hawaii. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my dad and parents weren't that excited, but they just told me to own up to what you want to do and we'll support you. Um, I think just being in the military for X amount of years, being told what to do, where to go, I think going to somewhere a little bit more liberal was just something that I wanted to have because I didn't have it in my life. Um, I didn't know that I would be doing what I'm doing currently today had I made that decision. But I'll tell you one thing, going from a military institution to Hawaii, it's like night and day. And <laughs> I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun to say the least, uh, my university days in Hawaii. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It, you know, it, I'm hearing a lot in there. And one of them, one thing I hear in there is like a really big decision for a young man to make. Like there's a couple big decisions you've made in there. But to have this idea, like I'm going to the NBA, I'm in the Air Force. And then all of a sudden to be told, hey, you can't go and do this thing. Like that had to be a pretty big decision point. And I love the way you talk with your parents or you had at least you had people in your life that you could talk with to help make that decision. But was that one of the first big decisions that you had to make that kind of like was like a first roadblock in, in the path that you, that you were on? Absolutely. It really was. I mean, when I was in Hawaii that first year, I would have nightmares that I was making the wrong decision. Wow. You know, my 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 fellow classmates from the Air Force, they were graduating. They were becoming lieutenants and captains and either flying planes or playing for the all air force basketball team in the service around the world, whatever it may be, it just seemed like they were doing well. And I was here red shirting in Hawaii, busting my butt, trying to get a scholarship all over again. And I definitely had some doubts. I, I was like a normal kid. 
like coming into the military academy, they treat you like gold. You know, they, you're the best of the best and you're the you're you're leading our generation into the, the new era. You know, they really put that in your head over there here in Hawaii. I'm I'm working at the mall at Hollister with my shirt off, um, <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to make money on the side while taking a bus to school and working out at the same time with low cash, low Gee, it was tough. It was tough. So yeah. I definitely have my doubts. Um, but what I didn't know was all of that stuff that I did that put me through definitely built me. It built my mind. It built my 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 toughness, if you will, physically and mentally that that I did found a way to make things work and to make things in my favor. So when I did complete all of that, the way I wanted to see it through, it gave me so much confidence that, man, I really got myself out of the mud from there. Like I, I, whatever challenges that will come my way, like, I think I can figure out a way to get through these in life. And, um, it definitely was a big pillar that, that I established in terms of my mental fortitude and how I handle problems, you know, for the rest of my days after that decision, it, it definitely shaped it for sure. It almost sounds like a rebirth, you know, like I'm a big reader and I love like Joseph Campbell and myths and stuff like that. And it seems to me like sometimes like the main character goes through like a death and a rebirth where they live this life and then everything they have is taken away. All these things that they thought who they were, all these things that they thought what they can be is stripped from them. And then they're forced to build themselves back up from the ground up. It sounds like that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but yeah, I talk about this all the time in speeches or moments that I have where I can speak on the mic to people, um, you know, in life, like if you want to get good at something or if you want to get through adversities, and to be on top, if you will, right. you have to go through pain and suffering. There is no other in my head, in my book, there is no ways to get through challenges in life or being successful at your craft, whatever that may be, without an exuberant amount of pain and suffering. Now, I don't mean that physically. It could be physically could be, yeah. if you're if you're training uh, for for a sport. But just pain and suffering, whether that may be mentally, physically, spiritually, you're going to go through some hardships. And the, the better you can just embrace all of that and understand that's just a part of it, it kind of makes things a lot easier in retrospect when you're trying to reach a goal, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost, yeah. you know, I heard this great quote that said, you know, suffering is one of the highest suffering may be the greatest thing for man to do. And it sounds kind of, it sounds sinister in a way, like well, suffering is a good thing. But the truth is every time you suffer, you're making yourself stronger. And it, it's suffering is not something you want to do. It's something that you, maybe you're driven towards or it's something that happens to you, but it's something that builds character and it makes you stronger. And it's something that you can draw on forever, whether you're in sports, whether you're in a relationship or whether you're mentoring somebody else, it's this idea of suffering and making it through that gives you the tools to help other people through it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, facts, facts. I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, right? I mean, yeah. Um, 
it's just it's just the way our kind of world operates you, you gotta take the good with the bad if it, it just if it, everything was peaches and roses the whole time you're not gonna feel the peaches and roses right right without the darkness and the bad part of it so yeah it took it takes a while for people to understand this but just that whole embracing the journey and the process that's man people are right when they say that and the the, the 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 wise ones that's been there before and they're trying to tell people about embrace the journey that's what it's really all about and it's true it really is true in so many more ways than one well like so as we're sticking at this phase of your career right here like if you if let's say a young man is playing basketball right now or a young man is playing sports or a, a, a young girl's in a relationship what advice would you give to someone who is say I don't know, between the ages of 17 and 19 and making a big decision right now? Like what kind of advice would you give them? Sure. And that's such a broad question. I know, I, I know. Say, it's a big brush. No, man. No, no. It's cool though. I'd say for one, like don't make any decisions whether you're really happy or really sad. Like if this is a very important decision, your mind needs to be very clear before weighing in which direction you want to go. And and I'm sure you people have heard this through social media, obviously, that when making decisions you want to be pretty even keeled right you don't want to be way too happy or or down in the dumps when you're making life decisions so i would say that would be one most definitely to to kind of clear your emotions before making the right move properly and and just also understanding that there's going to be a lot of turmoil and a lot of friction, a lot of tension when you want to do something different that's out of your norm, that whatever choice you're going to make that you're trying to change up or level up or something that you're trying to make better, there's going to be tension and friction along the way. So I think when you feel that that feeling of being uncomfortable, I think that's giving you a cue that you're on the right track in, in terms of growth. So, so I think the last thing I would want to say too, is just this acronym that my coach has been telling me for years. Uh, my, this coach out here in Asia, he is like, he is like the Phil Jackson of the Philippines. This guy's got like nice. 30 championships. He, he knows what he's talking about. His name is Tim Cohn, but he tells this acronym to us to us players all the time and he says kiss and what he means by that is just keep it simple stupid <laughs> like as humans we tend to complicate things so much more than they really are and the more that we can just keep things a little bit more simple than than, than making them more complex it, it makes life a lot easier and you'd be surprised by that you know just keep it simple usually more times than not that you're able to find your way a lot better. That's a great point. I, I've often heard something similar, like get in, get in your head, you're dead. You know, so, so many times we start thinking ourselves into oblivion or we start thinking about all these possibilities and we end up way out on these tangents. And next thing you yeah. know, you've gotten so far away from the truth or from what is real or what's important that you're just kind of out there. But if we pivot a little bit, so you, you're in Hawaii. What's the next step from Hawaii? Like, so you, you're in Hawaii and how do you end up? What's the next step from Hawaii? Sure. So I was ideally just going to try to play professional ball in Europe. I, back then, 15, 20 years ago, there was no smartphones or GPS <laughs> and it was hard to look up 
information about other countries like it. So for example, if I'm in the, I'm in the United States, it's going to be hard to do research about a professional league in the Philippines. There's just, it's just the internet just was not built out that great back then. There was hardly any information. Sorry, my son and my mother-in-law as well. Are you kidding through. me? No so problem at yeah. all, brother. No problem yeah. at all. I love it. You're, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Don't worry. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Not> Lola. <laughs> yeah, how's it? <laughs> yeah. Have a, have a Congratulations, um, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Just just no sleep. You know how that is. I know, man. I know the feeling. Um, but but yeah, to get back on track, I thought I was just gonna play in Europe. And I had no idea that the Philippines even had a league to begin with. Did not know about it. So it was near the end of my junior year. A lot of scouts and coaches started coming to watch my games and my practices. And they're all Filipino. And they were giving me the idea that, look, hey, you can make some good money. You can play in our professional league that we have here. We'll even put you on the senior national team right away. And we think you're that good that you can immediately yeah. help us and try to help us win some games. And, and I didn't know how big of a decision that was going to be. I didn't even know, to be honest, that Philippines was crazy about basketball. So as soon as I finished with my studies in Hawaii, I flew over to the Philippines, played on the national team right away won a couple championships right away and now it's just seems like i blink three times and now i'm in year 15 going for my 10th championship and now i'm nearing the end of my career and i gotta pivot and reinvent myself all over again for life after being a professional athlete so um it's been crazy it, it it's been a really really fun journey i'm still loving it i'm still embracing it but um Man, it's been a wild ride so far. <laughs> it, what an exciting ride, though. You know, I'm always, it's such an inspiration to see people who are willing to take a chance on themselves and how well it pays off. You know, it, I think one of the hardest things people can do is truly believe they're capable of being the best they can be. So many of us get into these spots where we start second guessing ourselves or maybe we have somebody in our lives that's kind of a downer or whatever, you know, and they start filling our head with these things. But it's an inspiration, man. I, I, I'm thankful to get to talk to you. And I, I think that any young man or woman or an older guy like me that's watching this can, can see what is possible if you're willing to do the work. If we jump back a little bit, like how much of a culture shock was that going from like Hawaii to the Philippines? Like all of a sudden you're submerged in a whole nother culture. That's got to be a, a pretty big two by four. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for one, like being in Hawaii for a little bit before going to the Philippines dampened my culture shock if you were sure. in the Philippines. Because for people that don't know about the Philippine Islands, the Philippines once to emulate everything about America. They, Philippines, Filipinos, they love America. They love Americans. And when you come here, everyone speaks English. In, in Metro Manila, I'm speaking of, in the, in the big cities. Everyone speaks English. All the food that you're accustomed to in America, they pretty much have it here. I'm talking about every single fast food, 
all the, the really nice restaurants it's the exact same as the states um so that barrier of entry into the language into the culture it already emulates a lot of the states so it wasn't that hard now don't get me wrong it still was an adjustment but it's a lot easier going here than going to russia and everyone right. speaks russian and you gotta eat russian food way different way different experience so coming here it wasn't that bad i think the biggest adjustment was just getting used to being a public figure or a national mm. icon and learning how to manage fame and glory and not chasing the wrong things mm. in life and uh that was a little bit of adjustment um but the philippines it, it, it was great it was easy 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 to adjust to Okay, so that is fascinating to me. Like, it seems to me that, you know, the media is filled with people. Like, in America, we seem to chase. There's people that love fame. There's magazines and, and you know, media everywhere. And it's probably very difficult to be an icon in your own country, let alone be an icon in your country and in another country. Like, how, how do you balance, like, that sort of media attention, continuing to have a good work ethic and family and relationships? Just, I mean, I think you can understand that you want to set around yourself with good mentors, people who've been there before, so they can keep you down on earth when your head starts floating up into the sky, when you start feeling yourself, because there will be moments that everyone loves you, everyone says yes to every, anything that you say, and a lot of people love you and want your attention, but you just have to understand that can all go away so quick based off decisions that you make. And I think keeping you on your toes that there's always work to be done, there's always progress to be made is something that can keep you grounded for your day to day type of regiments. Just keeping it really simple of, man, I just need to get 1% better today. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. If I can get 1% better today than I than I was yesterday. Good. And then I'll just do that the same thing the next day, the next day. Um, the more you can just keep yourself in this little world of having a routine, having good people around you and blocking out all the other stuff that's noise, you know, social media, people making fun of you or, 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 uh, elating to your success. Um, cause that stuff doesn't last. It's always, what have you done for me now? What have you done for me? Not what have you done for me lately? If everyone's loving you right now, there's going to be a time when everyone hates you <laughs> for, at one point, right? So just managing that from a distance, because that's really not that important. And just, just staying on top of what's important, which is your family members around you, your close friends that are important to you, and your routine, whatever your routine that may be. Just build that out and just stick to that. And everything else kind of just falls in place. Yeah. You know what? Uh, in the beginning of our, when we started talking, you told me about, a, about when you came to Hawaii, you had to, you had to make a very difficult decision and it kind of changed your life. Did you have like a difficult or a life-changing decision that happened when you went to the Philippines? I mean, I had to learn how to be more of a man in terms mm, of I am that's a great on point. my own. I am on my own. Like I don't have family here to fall back on. And Every decision I'm making, I'm, I'm on my own with it. I can talk to people about it, but I'm the only one running my 
my life out here. And it's as real as it comes. <laughs> yeah. And I had to figure that out as uh, a twin, you know, someone in their 20s, in their early 20s of just trying to surround yourself with the right people and how to speak up for yourself, uh, how to protect your value. Um, a lot of these things you just had to kind of learn on the go or learn through mentorship. Um, so it definitely shaped me into who I was today of all the trials and tribulations that I've come across from the beginning of my career to now. Um, so most definitely just learning how to be a man is really the biggest thing since, since I've been out here. You know, it's interesting to think about too. You had mentioned that, um, you have to surround yourself with good people and sometimes people love you and sometimes people dislike you. I think it's difficult for the average person to think about what it might be like to be a professional. Like does a professional basketball player, are people mean to them? Are they yell at you? Like the answer is probably of course, but the average mm -hmm. person wouldn't think about those kind of pressures on you. Like it's, it's interesting, right? Right. It's very fascinating. People entity, um, um, people see athletes as entities sometimes yeah. and they don't treat us like real people that yep. we have a family and we have kids who look up to us and uh, we're taking care of a grandma that has cancer or whatever it may be right whatever it may be but they don't see us like that sometimes they just see us as these sports entities and we have no feelings and that they could say whatever they want to us because they're behind a keyboard or behind a phone mm. and you don't see them and look at them in the face as they're trying to degrade us or say some negative things about us or our family. So um, it's hard for people to understand that because not many people get to be in the position that we're in um, as athletes, as professional athletes, as idols, if you will. As So uh, people talk that, oh, it's you're so lucky that you're famous. <laughs> there comes consequences and cons with being famous as well. So it just depends on your perspective, if you will, on, on if this is something that's really cool or really awesome or something that people don't really care too much about. It, it just, it really depends, right? Yeah, it seems yeah. like there would be lots of people that try to take advantage of you. Oh, most, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. You don't know who's, who's who most of the times. And that's, you know, a lot of the times People tell you just keep your inner circle as, as small as it can be because just everyone has ulterior motives. Not everyone is in your best interest. Though you will appear to be nice, but really they'll have something else in mind. And you can't control any of that. You know, you can't control any of that other than who you let into your world. And 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 that's really it. You just got to be the gatekeeper to your own energy and 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 just acknowledge and accept that that not everyone's out for your you know not everyone's on your side if you will yeah it's true it's you know there's another parallel that i was thinking about like uh i drive a truck for a living and i work for a ups and sometimes mm -hmm. like i look at this multinational corporation like god these guys just see me as a number man they don't understand how hard i work or they don't understand i've been here for 26 years and you know Sometimes I, I look at myself and don't laugh at me here, but sometimes I look at myself as like an industrial athlete. You know what I mean? Like I'm out there yeah. pounding the pavement and doing things. Yeah. And I, I'm curious if it, on some level, 
Is it similar for people that play sports? Is it, is it like a corporation that looks at you guys as numbers sometimes instead of actual people and you're constantly worried about your health? And Absolutely. Absolutely. We are, we are just a number. We are just, I don't want to say we're cattle stock to them, but we are, they see us as assets. That's right. all we are to them, assets. And some are good, some are bad, some are interchangeable. And we're just a bunch of names on a piece of paper that these people get to shuffle around and change up because it's a hobby for them. Cause this is yeah. just fun for them. Cause they're really rich, right? They got a lot of money Yeah. and this is wealthy. Uh, and this is just fun for them to own a team. And um, I'm not speaking about my bosses. I'm just saying a generality in sports sure. and yes, they, as an athlete, your body is your job. So everything that you put into it is going to affect your play. Everything you eat or put into your mind is going to affect how you play, how you heal. And if you can't be healthy, you may not get a contract or you may not get paid the money that you want. So, so as an athlete, you're always thinking about your body and your mind because that's, that's what makes you the money. So, um, understanding how the game works behind the game is, is important as an athlete, just so the better you can see where these guys' minds are at about you will help you make the right decision in terms of how you want to treat yourself and how you want to go about this business part of sports. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a track meet. You know, you gotta, you have to do what's right for you and your family, as well as the organization and the coaches and your team. You know, yeah. it, it seems too like it's such, you know, it, sports of all kinds seem to me that everyone focuses on working out, and you have to, you have to be at the best peak of your physical, you have to be at your peak physical abilities. But I think that. It, it is also a huge part of being at your peak uh, mental abilities too. Are there some strategies that you use to kind of harmonize your mindset and your body? Yeah, most definitely. When you get to the pro sports, it's like 80% mental. Everyone is good mm. physically. Everyone's fast. Everyone practices a shit ton uh, <laughs> totally. of, of their craft. Yeah, everyone is motivated. Everyone watches kobe bryant highlights and speeches about working out at the crack of dawn everyone does that part i promise all the good players that want to be good they all put in the work so how are you going to be any different from all these other guys who are just as motivated as you are waking up early and taking care of their body and lifting weights and shooting a thousand shots we all do it so the only thing that's going to separate you now is your mentality how strong are you in the mind? What, what games, what mental games are you going to play with your opponent to get him off his guard so that you can have that mental edge over him or her? Um, there are definitely exercises you can put yourself through um, to increase your mental toughness, if you will, yeah. in the sport. So whether that may be studying basketball film more than the others or putting yourself through so much physical training that you, that you can mentally put yourself in a different place while you're basically going through a lot of pain and suffering 
Like, I think that if I knew that I am going through more pain and suffering than my opponents, that that will give me more confidence that I can beat this person somehow, some way, right? So it, it really is the mental game that really everyone tries to focus on once you reach it to the professional level. Yeah, it makes sense that the higher up the ladder you go, the more even out it is. And it kind of becomes a game of who wants it more, who, you know, I, I just yeah. read your last tweet too about, you know, it's Holy Week over there in the Philippines. And you're like, look, I'm working twice as hard. It's Holy Week, but I'm going to be out there shooting a lot of shots. What is Holy Week in the Philippines? Oh, well, um, for our culture, we are very religious as, 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 as you know, Filipinos, Filipinas, we're very religious here. So, Every year we have Holy Week, which gives us about 10 to 14 days where we disconnect and we spend time with our families. We spend time at churches, retreats, mm -hmm. masses, just to, you know, praise the Lord and, and, and just give time away from our daily schedule of working. Usually, um, you know, people work so hard out here, long hours and. I think this time just kind of resets everyone and, and, and kind of fills their spiritual cup, if you will, to get right <laughs> back at it. So it's been going on for since forever. So it's just a part of our, our culture when we have this big break um, in between in, in between of the year. Yeah, it's so 14 years, nine time champion and medalist, co-captain, like what was it like to like you've obviously played all the roles that you can play as a professional but now you find yourself as a co-captain what is it like to become a captain and start becoming a mentor to some of the younger guys coming up um it, 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 it i mean you take it as a responsibility and a privilege right when people want to give you respect you know first of all it's not given it's earned earned right. so and throughout my career in sports, I, I don't know if it's just the way I was raised by my dad, but through every level that I've been on, I've always found myself by default being a leader or a captain of the team. And I do understand the constructs of being a leader. You know, you have to not only lead with your voice, but you have to lead by example. You usually have to have a higher sense of value and accountability than those below you. You have to also show them that you're just as much capable of doing the work than telling them to do the work. And you usually have to be the one, the first one to, to arrive and the last one to leave type of mentality. I'm not saying that, that you do that all the time, um, but just a generalization and and, you know, of course you have to perform, you know, in whatever role that you have, you got to perform and perform it well. And you have to do it for a long period of time uh, to show some sort of consistency in, in terms of wanting to have people listen to you or to galvanize behind you or just to identify you as their leader. Um, so just in this situation right now that I'm in on this ball club, um, I'm not, it's nothing new to me, if you will. I've been doing it for such a long time and 
at this stage in my career, I don't play that much anymore. So that's, it's pretty easy at this point for me. I'm almost, I'm pretty much a coach. <laughs> so even though I am on the active roster and I am playing, but um, I just give value when value is needed to the younger guys. Just if they're, if they have a little situation in the game that I can see that they can, I'll tell them how they can be better and something that they can look at differently from the perspective that I see. But um, I think I, it doesn't seem very pressured to me to be a leader. It just, I, I'm just being myself, if you will. And um, I, I find it, you know, like I was saying earlier, I find it a, a privilege when people want me to, to lead them. I don't take it for granted. I don't think I'm, I'm better than people. I don't think like that at all. Um, I'm just another piece, a cog in the machine. And that's just my role. So I'm just trying to do that role the best that I can. That's all. Man, I wish the corporate leaders of America and the world would come and visit you to learn how to be a leader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, man right there will be some terrible leaders out there. Right? Take their own, no way. They don't have a better work ethic. They don't treat their employees better. You know what I mean? Like show up early, be the last one to leave. Easier said than done, right? It it's is. so much. I, I can say this real easily, but to do it consistent, consistently, you know, it takes a lot out of you. It's a lot of sacrifice away from your personal time. It's not easy, I would say, um, through actions to be to, to be a leader, if, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, it's not for everyone. That's for dang sure. Like, <laughs> it, it, you just can't ask to be a leader and ask for respect. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's like you said, I like the way you would put it. It's, it's never respect is never given, it's earned. And yeah. you know, you can tell who the leaders are, whether it's on a court or whether it's on a battalion or whether it's in a in a in a workroom or something like that. You can see people gravitate towards those whom they respect. And that respect is something that's earned. It's respect through experience, it's respect through actions. And you know, words are loud, but actions definitely speak louder than them. I, yeah. So a lot of people, they get to a point in their career and, you know, they, they start missing it a little bit. They're like all of a sudden they start getting a little antsy. They start getting a little older. You know, Michael Jordan wants to come back and play for a different team or, sure. you know, is, is, and I, like, it's amazing to me. I, like I'm a big boxing fan and I remember seeing some of the big, box. you always see the heavyweight boxers come back and they, they come back yeah. and they fight and like George Foreman comes back and he wins, you know, he beats these young yeah. kids, but. Is there ever, do you ever feel like that call back? Like, hey, coach, I'm ready. Let me, you know what? Let me show these kids a lesson right here. Do you ever get that call back? No, no, <laughs> unfortunately not. I'm sorry to, to dampen your, your question. <laughs> I think because for one, basketball is really for a young man's game. And there have been too many moments in my career, that, especially the past five years, where my mind wants to do something on the court, but then my body won't follow or I'll be guarding against a really young guy and he will really take me to school. And in my head, I'll just be like, man, I could have stopped this guy. How did I, why did I, what happened? Well, and, and that is happening way too far often than I, and that, that is a direct cue to me that, okay, man, your time, you've had your time. It is not your time anymore. Just respectfully bow and let the next guy have his time, right? That's, that's really all it's about, man. Just acceptance. I mean, we got to do that in life 
in general, you know, like life, death, it's a lot of acceptance, a lot of embracing for what it is and what it's going to be. So it's just a small part of acceptance there. That's all. Yeah. Like I like the term surrender, not like surrender, like you're quitting, but yeah. surrender to the idea yeah. of like, okay, it's time for me to chart a new course or the world's telling yeah. me something right now. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. It's hard to surrender, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Especially for athletes who are alpha male, ultra yeah. competent people uh, naturally that's there they wouldn't be where they are if they weren't like that to begin with so to tell a person that with that type of confidence about them to calm down and to stop sometimes it doesn't click too often right um so it is hard it is an adjustment um if if you don't go about it the right way mentally yeah it seems yeah. to me though like you found another it seems to me there's a pattern in your life and that one of those patterns is that you're constantly reinventing yourself. And all of a sudden, like I've seen these, this, this turn towards crypto, this turn towards e-sports and stuff like that. Can you tell us a little bit about like what, like, I don't, I don't know which one you want to take first, but what is this new pivot all about for you? Well, um, well I just understand that for one, as an athlete, I'm a depreciating asset. I'm not getting better. I'm getting worse. <laughs> It's really quite logical if you ask me and that I do need to change and adapt. And in life, that's all we do in general. We're constantly changing as humans as we get older, learning new things, trying different stuff, if you will. So I knew that that was coming for me on my plate. And I just needed time that I can start putting towards that instead of basketball. And that moment came during the pandemic when everything stopped in the world and now all of a sudden i had a lot of time to myself that i can focus my energy towards something else for once so once i got back into finance and started getting into the the groove and having some momentum of what i wanted to do and where i wanted to go and the information that i needed to learn um as soon as that kind of filled up into a space in my head, um, you know, two years for two, uh, I guess fast forward two years from when the pandemic to now, yeah. um, man, I've done so much. I can't believe the amount of stuff I've built or, I've, or I am building or that I am doing. And it's so fun and I'm having so much fun doing it. It feels like a sport in terms of me competing against the other person or, um, having an effect on a community of people like i love it i love it so sports and businesses they are very much related in so many more ways than you would imagine so i'm just taking all of the concepts that i've been learning in sports and utilizing in business and it's it's been working so far yeah this idea of making everyone around you better seems to be a recipe for living a life worth living right in anything anything that you apply yourself to, if you just be a service to others, somehow, some way it does come back to you. I don't know when there is no timeline of when that does come back, but the more you can be a service to others, good things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's, it's, I've been, I've been, let me throw this out here and see what you think. I've been toying with this idea of like, everybody you meet is like a mirror. And like when, when you see somebody and like that person is kind of acting like a punk or something like that person, at least in my opinion, 
is showing me, like I recognize that thing. And I'm like, oh, this guy's being a punk because he's talking like that. But I'm the one who recognizes that. So in a weird way, he's showing me what I am. And on the flip side of that, when I see someone that's super kind, like I recognize the kindness in them. And the only way I could recognize the kindness or the punkness is because those two things exist in me. So I, I just wanted to throw it back to this idea of, you know, you when you see people out there realize that they are somewhat of a mirror image of you. And if you're noticing bad people and bad things, maybe that's a sign that you need to kind of check yourself a little bit. What do you think? Is that too yeah. far out there? No, 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 no. I, I see that. I see what you're saying. That's very, that's a really cool observation you would notice. I think, I think you're right in, in a lot of ways. I don't, I think if you see someone with body language of confidence and but they're really genuinely nice and they're really pushing off these good vibes it's it's going to be infectious yeah and and you can feel it too when that's happening as opposed to you meet someone with their arms crossed and their hat is down <laughs> yeah. you can't see their eyes and they have a low tone and they're speaking to you with some discernment, disrespect, whatever it may be, it's going to keep you guarded, right? You might be a little guarded as you're speaking because, and then that, that does, that's not every situation, obviously. Um, but I, I see what you're saying and, and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. I think, um, you know, I, I always push for this mission that I have towards people that like, look, man, I want to show people that being kind will take you far in life. Yeah. And that I noticed that every person I'm always being kind to and spending good quality energy towards like, everyone's always positive back towards me. Everyone, I always get positive feedback. Oh, you're so cool, bro. Why are you so nice? <laughs> and, and it's just, it, it's infectious. It really is. And it's such an easy thing to apply. And, and once you just kind of figure out it's really not about you, you know, mm. you, these people that you can't affect or can control their energy or vibes and you're just on your own wavelength, yeah, man, it makes life a lot simpler. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care. Much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a great point. I always wonder, like, so looking back at some of the milestones in your career and looking back and taking an honest look back at your life, Jared, the, 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 the highs and the lows, the goods and the bads, looking back on your life, knowing everything you know now, would you have changed anything? Oh, I think, I think anyone that says no, they, they, they gotta be lying to themselves. <laughs> there are so many moments that you wish right. you could like, man, I wish I did that differently. Like I, because I mean, that's the whole part of growing. got to make a shit ton of mistakes. Like right. I always felt that the wisest of the wise are people that have gone through hell or the darkness and came back. And, and like, I don't think the wisest people are the ones that have not risked anything in their lives or having gone through any type of adversities. It's, it's really the ones who've been through the shitter and came yeah. out you know, shining or figured something out and came out better for it. So, I guess in one in one piece, I would say no. I don't regret it because I wouldn't be this person right now, who I am, if I didn't make all these mistakes down the line, right? So 
it's like a two part because there's there's also part of me that says man there's a couple ones where i wish i could have back <laughs> you yeah, know of course. Um, for sure most definitely but ultimately um i'm grateful for those mistakes that i did make because it did it made me into a stronger person or it made me realize some things that i need to be more mature about or it made me whatever made whatever it did to me it definitely helped me grow as a person or as a human being for sure is that like would you consider that kind of like a mindset you take through life like it's it almost sounds like it's a test and we're being tested all the time and what there's no real failing there's only learning is that a, is that a, a mindset yeah. that you use all the time i tell it to my kids all the time <laughs> just like i embrace failure like like i love to see you fail and it sounds like a terrible <laughs> thing you tell your kids and without any context it sounds so negative but if you can see the bigger picture and of course there's some context behind it of why i want you to fail you can understand the beauty of it on how it does mold you and shape you into a better whatever it may be that you're trying to strive to be better at so um i've noticed that the more that i failed at something that i ultimately would get better at it eventually and I mean, with my kids these days, I always give the best example of like, look, when you first started Minecraft as a kid, <laughs> you didn't know how to build anything. That's it was very complicated. You didn't know the buttons. You didn't know how to make a house or a castle. But given some time and energy and practice, look at you now. And, 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 and you know, they're amazing. You know, they can do all these things with Minecraft. And I'm like, look, it's the same thing in life. In the beginning, you're going to you're going to fail a shit ton of times on your face because you didn't you haven't done it before it would be weirder if you all of a sudden was amazing at something the moment you picked it up that would be crazy but that doesn't happen um so so for sure failing is like that is my motto i want you to fail <laughs> it does it does like without any context it sounds odd but it's so true it's so true i mean Imagine if people gave up tying their shoe the first time or walking the first time. You know what I mean? Like no one would walk or tie their Fact. shoe. Fact. It's crazy. Um, I, oh, shit. Sorry. I just got a text from the wife. Uh oh. Second. <laughs> Making sure everything's okay here. I, I know the feeling. You know the feeling. Yeah. My fault. My fault. Just mm -hmm. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I think if. I apologize if we could wrap this up. In like of course, man. You know what? You've been gracious with your time. And um, I just want to, is there, before I let you go, uh, where can people find you? What do you got coming up? And what are you excited about? Sure. Um, first and foremost, everyone, sorry, cut this short. Uh, I have a newborn, so she is my priority right now. Go. So I have to, happy wife, happy life. Um, <laughs> but but uh, back to this, you know, uh, everyone, I've, uh, across all my social medias, I go by my name here that you can see on the left part of the screen, Jerry, J Daredevil 2. That was my nickname here um, as a basketball player. And you can find me on any one of the platforms. I'm on all of them. I've been building myself as a finance person here in the crypto, NFT, stocks type of industry. I do have a CNN show that's coming out that I will be hosting. So I'm really excited about that. It's called Creating the Future. I hope you guys tune into that one. Should be some fun. But other than that, if you guys wanna hit me up, reach out to me, 
I'm always uh, a message or a DM away and I'll try to hit you guys back. But um, George, I really appreciate your time. I love talking about myself. Obviously, you you are a very good, gracious host. So um, thank you for your time and energy about this. The pleasure's all mine. Uh, you got a big game coming up against TNT, it looks like, in about a week or so. Best of luck. Sure. All your links are going to be in the show notes. Everybody who's watching this, if you're from Hawaii, this is the guy right here. Let's support him. And if you're uh, listening or watching this, reach out to Jay. He's an amazing guy. He's a dad. He's a pro. He's an awesome guy. He's one of us, and he's got a great mindset. I hope you learned something today. That's all we got for today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Aloha. All right. All right. Cool. Thanks. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that... I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, Go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.